You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No Welcome back. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and I'm talking with Peter Kim, star of Hackers and the upcoming 40 year version. been to Korea? Um, yeah, I actually went um, back last summer for the first time in like 19 years. I had not been back in so, so long. Um, and it is crazy. It is so different now. It's it's like we went to, we were in a few different places. Um, but in Seoul, I was kind of shocked that like you can go anywhere and speak English and kind of everybody speaks English. That was not the case, you know, in 2000 when I was there. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a weird thing being Korean American going back to Korea. Uh, my Korean is not great. Mm. Um, and shame, shame. Yeah. No, no, really, 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 really. And it was interesting because when I went to Korea last summer, that was the first time where I didn't feel that shame because I think everyone spoke English. And now, like the tourism, tourism is so um, big, big in Korea, and I think they're just more accustomed to. Korean Americans, you know, that don't speak Korean great or whatever, and it, they were, no one like blinked an eye about it. Okay, or also they maybe they thought I was Japanese, or uh, <laughs> you know, really. Do people think you're Japanese? I yes, I I've think gotten I thought that. you were Chinese because of Kim. Oh yeah, no, Kim is actually a pretty pretty common Korean last name. Okay, um, it's probably like ninety nine percent sure if someone's last name is Kim, they're Korean. Ninety nine more than Chinese, yeah. so yeah. Oh, so yeah, Kim yeah, is yeah. a Korean name. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think like Lee. Lee is Chinese. Lee can be Chinese more or Chinese Korean. Yeah. That you'd find it. Especially okay. if they spell it L-I. That's okay. definitely more Chinese than L-E-E. Okay. L-E-E could be Korean or could be Chinese. Chinese. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm very scatological. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about the Koreans and poop. Um... <laughs> Koreans and poop. Yes, there's a whole poop culture, poop <laughs> stores and poop food and poop containers. I, you tell me. I don't know about really? the poop culture. You don't know about Korean d- poop? Don't. Are you kidding me? No, I'm, I'm not. Oh, my God. Tell there's it. like stores in Korea where they like make everything in little poop containers. What? And there's like a, um, there's a whole park where everything is in the shape of big turds. You mean like, like the poop emoji? That Beyond my- the poop emoji, there's a park and there's restaurants and stuff. <clears throat> no. You really didn't know about this? No, I... I oh, my God. See, I'm, 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 I'm going to mess up all the sound right now. Maybe <laughs> maybe 
Bea can pull it up because I'm on airplay. Okay, okay. But oh, so you don't know about I this. Don't know See, I'm very about into it. scatological things. And so that's another reason why the Koreans are very that dear to my heart. Oh my God. That yeah. is crazy. Yes. See, I'm introducing uh, you to your own uh, culture. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Introduce me to the poops. Look, Bea showing you. Oh my God. Yeah. It's a Poop very big themed big- coffee shop. No. Yes. I am not. Oh my God. That's a little <laughs> toilet teacup. Yes. Nope. It's a whole thing. I'm not, there. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm not, I'm really uncomfortable with that. I'm a little bit embarrassed by my people. Um, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I do want to talk about Parasite though. Really yeah, let's quick. go. Let's do it. No, let's talk about it. it. Has been kind of like on social media that I actually think is really. Which is so, you know, people are like, oh, Parasite, like, are you excited, you know, for for Asian representation to increase because of the movie and stuff? And then, you know, Parasite is supposed to be made into an HBO series and they're with white people. Yeah. And, you know, but the thing is, but the thing is, and the thing is, people like I think um, I'm I'm. I have all the praise in the world for Parasite and everything that's wonderful that's happening for it. But I, I don't think it's going to necessarily help Asian Americans mm-hmm. um, in the biz. I mean, I think because, you know, like he's making this remake of the movie. with. Oh, TV. he's doing the American version. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He, he and um, his main producer oh, are, and who are Korean are behind it, you know? And so I think it's like, well, Get the money. Yeah, or like Amer- for them, like Americans don't, they're not thinking about Korean Americans as, as Americans or right. Asian Americans as Americans. They're thinking of people who don't look like them as Americans. And I'm not saying that's good or bad or whatever, but I- I'm just saying like that's not, like being Korean is different than being Korean American. Being Asian is different than being Asian American. And so, you know, I in a weird way, I feel like as an Asian American performer, like we're in this weird in between. Like we're not Asian enough to be in the Asian movies, and then we're not white, so we can't be in the mainstream stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and even with like, uh, yeah. So I, 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 I'm like, I'm happy for 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 Parasite and we for Korean film and all that. Of course, but it's I don't know. I don't think it's it's a direct translate. Agreed. And I will say that one of my the, what my entree going deep into Korean um, filmmaking and storytelling was that I watched a series. I don't even remember what it was called. It was mm-hmm. so terrible with Paula Patton. And uh, it was terrible. Mm. <clears throat> it was about a mother who was a producer on a television show and she her news was tracking a serial killer and the serial killer gets her kid and kills it. <clears throat> And the kid was like the bad seed, mm. and she was the saint mother. And I was like, "Does she like?" I went to look it up. And I was like, "Does she executive produce this piece of crap?" Yeah. <laughs> and when I looked it up, it turned out it was a, it was a South Korean series called uh, translation "God's Gift: Fourteen Days," a spectacular series. Mm. Um, the child is the saint, and the mother is a little irresponsible. Uh. And it was like this woman was giving. Oscar award winning performances. And so I can't see Parasite doing that because mm. Americans, we always sanitize everything and make everybody mm. so nicey, smiley, have a nice day, good. I, I have no desire to see an American version of Parasite. It was perfect. Why would we want to try to do anything else with it? Yeah, it was it was a masterpiece. It was a masterpiece. Yeah. Masterpiece. Yeah. Now, something else that we share that you might not even know we share. Oh. Is Thoroughly Modern Millie. <gasps> I did... 
Oh. <laughs> I didn't know you did that show. I did. I wow. did it before it came to Broadway. <gasps> Crazy. Yeah. And I um, heard you somewhere talking about, you know, the challenge for you of yes. playing a Chinese person when yes. you're a Korean person. And I was thinking a lot about that because, you know, we're actors. We want to be able to play anything. And certainly yeah. white actors get to play everything. Sure. Um, but, um, and for me coming to New York, I was raised Catholic and we mm. sing Latin. And I was always hired to sing gospel which just for me was this sense of being inauthentic mm. the whole early part of my career where people were asking me to sing in a way that I, wasn't my culture. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. don't riff, I don't run, right, and I just right. felt fake. And I, and I knew 20 girls over there who, could, who were looking at me and rolling their eyes like, what is she doing? Right. Um, talk a little bit about you know, that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I think um, – that particular situation was is is uh pretty specific. So my you know, I I did thoroughly modern Millie. Uh I booked it actually in my third year at grad school. And so at Yale. At, at Yale drama. <laughs> um so I I was really psyched to have the gig. Um and so like like a week after I found out that I got it, they announced their closing. So I was like, oh great, I'm going into this Broadway show and it's closing in like three months. Great. Um so you know, I went in for it and I was comfortable going in for it. But now that time has passed and my experience of actually doing the show, um, I I had a really hard time with the language. And it's not that I'm Korean and that the character is Chinese. It's that I don't speak the language. And I feel like the language, since that's the they they sing and speak in Cantonese and Mandarin. OK, so, so I did it before it came to Broadway yeah. and I didn't like it before it came to Broadway. So yeah. I didn't even go see it on Broadway. Yeah. So I didn't know they actually put the real language yes, in because they did. when I saw it, it was just this like it gibberish. Was very <laughs> offensive to me. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, and, and they built that around the actors that they, that, that originated the roles like Francis Jew and um, Ken Leung. Um, and so they, they built it around what they could speak actually, mm -hmm. if I'm recalling correctly. And so, you know, Good for them that they got the original cast that could speak. Right. But when they got replacements, they ended up hiring two Korean Americans that did not speak the language. It's not that I'm Korean. If I was if I'm if I was of Asian descent and I could speak um, Cantonese or Mandarin, then like no problemo. So I I think I don't know why that that wasn't of the that wasn't the priority in terms of casting that part. And I guess. Uh, because ultimately when I was performing, I, I mean, I learned it all phonetically and it was really, really challenging for me. So when I was doing the show for tourists who I'm sure were from China and me basically making, doing the best I could, but really not being comprehensible. It's a, and it's a tonal language. Yeah. So and, there's and so five it made sounds, me you know? feel horrible mm. actually. And so, um, you know, I, I know that they're doing a, a revival now or they're bringing it back for, I think at encores or something. Okay. And I think they're trying to address, you know, a lot of the kind of, I guess what people are considering racial insensitivities and stuff around multiple characters. Right. But um, I just hope that whoever they cast for Bum Fu and Ching Ho, if they are singing and speaking in Mandarin and Cantonese, that they have working knowledge of those languages. Yeah. Uh, and that was a personal thing for me. You know, I, I really wanted 
I didn't have this awareness when I was auditioning for the job. Um, and I, you know, so I guess hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, well, let's talk about this awareness. Like, I think a lot of young people today don't have a lot of awareness of a lot of historical things. <laughs> so do we hold people responsible for doing things because they lack awareness? Or do we go after them? I mean, I, I specifically, I was looking at the protests of West Side Story. Oh, and oh the, about the, the, about the young man yeah. who, you know, he has apologized publicly and mm-hmm. said, um, I made a mistake. I'm not that person anymore. And the person who he, you know, uh, did something bad to has come out in his defense. So I'm like, who are all these other people right. to be defending somebody who's not asking to be defended? Right, right, you know? right. Like, yeah. What is that? I, you know, I'll say for myself, I don't know, it's tricky, right? Um, it is like, tricky. I'm, and there's I'm, no I'm, right or I'm wrong. A, I'm a very different person now than I was 20 years we ago. We would hope so. You know, and that, um, sure, I've done things in the past that maybe I'm not the most proud of. Um, I, I, I don't know, maybe it's a generational thing, but I, I do believe, like, we have to forgive, mm-hmm. you know. We don't forget, but right. we have to forgive, especially if that per. It's tricky because we want to make sure that whoever is apologizing is actually. Well, considering that he's like in a relationship with the person that he offended, supposedly, oh. I, I I think that someone's forgiven, right? <laughs> you know, someone's right. forgiven them. But I feel like this American punitive culture that we have, you know, we 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 forget that we're all better than the worst thing. We're more than the worst thing that we've ever done. Yeah. And um, you know, how do we? I think culturally, we need to find yeah. more forgiveness, genuine forgiveness, not. You know, Pat, this is the Bible forgiveness. Right, right. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I think, you know, I just want to jump back to Thoroughly Modern yep. Millie. You know, the thing is, I, peop, you know, fundamentally, like, people within the Asian American theater community were upset at me they were. for doing that part because Ooh. they found the part offensive and you know at the time while you were doing it yeah 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 and i i had seen the show before auditioning for it and i was like oh they're walking this really fine line but they were succeeding in my opinion okay and so uh i felt comfortable going in for something like that and i and i think you know in hindsight, the language barrier was the thing that ultimately I am, I have regrets about, but it's not for going in for the role, even though people would 
disagree like with what did they choice. say to you about it like what was the, the well that's just that people think like the roles are stereotypical that they you know uh it's offensive because like the characters speak chinese and they're um you know they work in the laundry blah 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 which is a f- historical kind yeah of- you know and you know believe, yes do we want other rep- other depictions of people of asian descent that is that is not of the foreigner that right. is not of working in a laundromat. But I found that overall in the piece that they came out ahead. They both win at the mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. So, and they were both smarter and the guy gets, one of them gets the girl. Mm-hmm. The other guy like, you know, wins, mm-hmm. you know, he fools Mrs. Mears. So I guess that's to say, to go back to the kind of like cancel culture that we exist right. in that, um, you know, things are not so like black or white yeah things are way more nuanced than Mm -hmm. people want to admit that people want to spend the time thinking about yeah like it's so easy just to make a decision about someone or something they said or did but like it is complicated there's there's so much more than what you just hear or read about in like a blip and in deep fake culture we can't even know that it's you saying it <laughs> right. i've been seeing all these things where people are taking people's headshots and animating the eyes and the mouths what you haven't been seeing that on, no. on instagram okay well my instagram i was terrifying. looking at uh rosa parks head um police head thing where it's animated and her talking and um martin luther king and malcolm x and keanu reeves and denzel washington people who are animating their headshots and it's creepy to me as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I guess deep fake has become an app now. And so anybody can do it to anybody. <clears throat> so then you can just have them saying whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You say. could be speaking through their voice or you can wow. put any kind of voice you want um, on, on a headshot. So you're just taking a headshot and animating it. That is frightening. Yeah. We're there. <laughs> we're there. Like, I mean, I knew deep fake was being used to take celebrities Whoa. and p- politicians and use them on porn, but now Whoa. it's just like on my Instagram feed. <clears throat> That's crazy. Um, and something else that I just wanted to chat about was, you know, um, so you know, like I was saying five years ago or so, like I kind of had this shift in my career and also my personal life and everything. And um, I don't know, not to be all like woo woo about it, but I do believe that we bring certain projects into our lives for a certain reason mm-hmm. and and the, obviously it's we're meant to work on it for, yes. for our own personal Some predestination group. yeah yeah and um because i just want to talk about this movie that well, we were not yeah. do you think you know that was how we was going to wrap it up we were the second woman ever to win best director at I, sundance i know so tell us about the 40 year old version rada blanks yes. writing directing debut who are you in this movie so i play archie Choi. he is is uh, Radha the character? Uh, Radha plays a version of Radha. Um, he is her childhood best friend, who is also her agent. So, kind of a complicated <laughs> relationship. Okay. Um, but the movie is her about- agent before she becomes a rapper. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the movie is about a struggling New York playwright who decides to become a rapper at forty. Um, so. Uh, it's actually a love letter to New York mm. and to New York theater, actually, as much as it kind of like, you know, uh, make some digs, you know. It, I, well, you got to make digs. I, That's I, where I the humor it's is. it's holding a mirror to the community, if you will. Okay. Um, but it is ultimately a love letter to New York, to 
theater and to um, to hip hop. Now you shot it on film in we, black and white. Yes. Tell us about what that how that changed the process because everything's on Alexas. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff well, like that. Yeah, I mean it was it was challenging because um, you can only get so much like so much of a take in 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 it before you have to like reload and stuff. Right. Um, and it takes a while, not a while, but it does. It takes some time to like reload and like. Um, so you, it was interesting. It was kind of like theater in a way. Like you kind and and Rada likes to do long shots. She okay. doesn't like to do coverage, and she just she likes to get it all. In she's like, shooting it in proscenium a, a wide. Yes, and you all are. She's blocked the action. Right, right. and the camera is it, there's like a handheld quality to it, so it's like following you. So it's through. like steady cam. Yeah. So. Um, so you kind of when you were doing a take and you know you wanted to get it like on that take like you kind of had to be on your a game <laughs> and ready to do the whole thing um which was really fun because then you know like as a theater actor like that's that feels great because sometimes when you're working like especially in television i think um it feels so choppy you know you're like okay great we got the wide shot now we're going medium now we're going to do close-ups mm-hmm. and then so that pacing is very different right um and um it, but it was good to know because like on my first day of shooting, um, I was like, we're doing the shot. And I was like, oh, we're not doing any coverage. Because <laughs> I was like, what are we doing coverage? She's like, no, no, I don't like coverage. I'm like, oh, okay. And so we're, I was like, great. Okay, so that means like we're just taking these long shots and we can overlap and we can, you know, all of that. So oh, that nice. was, yeah, you know, so there was like a freedom there that sometimes you feel like you 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 don't get when you're in television but wait a minute she's directing and she's in these long shots how did she do that well she would frame up the shot okay um frame up the whole long blocked out shot that's gonna last for five minutes yep she would frame it out and then with a stand-in being her um yes she did have a stand-in tracy um and then they had this thing it's really cool so even though they're shooting on film there's a way to like get um, playback. Yeah. On a digital monitor. Yeah, oh, that's yes. Okay. I don't know what it's called, but yeah. they were able to do that. So she would frame it up, see it, and then, you know, watch playback. And then she would step in, do the take. Okay. And then watch playback. Okay. And then we would move on. That had to move it a lot slower though. She's having to watch playback. Every definitely. Time too. Definitely. But as, as the shoot went on, um, and like that, uh, dialogue between the DP, her and her first AD, once that kind of like, Everyone found the rhythm. They had, they understood, understood what the vocabulary was. There was less of that. Like then, it was just about her checking, making sure the frame was right. what she wanted, and then it, we would just. Shoot. How many weeks was your shoot? We shot the whole thing in twenty one days. Nice. Yeah, yeah, and in New York, which is not easy to shoot in New York. Nice. It is hard, and um, it's a it's a really funny movie with like with so much heart. Um, was this your first time at Sundance? It was. How was that? It was intense. Yeah. Uh, I was told it was going to be a whirlwind, and it certainly was. Um, I will say, like, it's it the was, whitest place ever. It's the whitest place. It is very white. <laughs> I, I, I remember. I remember talking to Michael. My husband was with me. He's also a white guy. He was there, and I was like, "It is so white here. Holy smokes." You definitely feel you like definitely you stick do. out, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, um, the, the trans- public transportation is free because it's only them here. <laughs> it's like that Saturday Night Live thing where they're on the bus and when the black guy gets on, everybody gets serious. And as soon as he leaves, they're serving champagne no. and stuff like that. You know, <laughs> I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's great. I was like, that was made on that Sunday. That is 
is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I will say uh, I was, you know, it was great because I was, I was like flown out and put up and all that because y'all, it is expensive to mm-hmm. go there. I was looking before I knew I was being put up. I was looking at hotels, eight hundred dollars a night. Yeah, that is not okay. An that elite is, group of people. That, that is can really go not okay. Yeah. So. Uh, so thankfully I was brought out there. Um, but, um, it's crazy. It was super fun. I was really grateful that I was with like a movie that I was really proud of and that I had such a big part in, but I can imagine it would be a really tricky place to navigate as an actor. If you don't have a project in the festival or if you, I don't know, I just kept on thinking like, cause I've been on that other side where mm. like was it FOMO? Uh, where What's FOMO? A fear of missing out. Where there's a lot <laughs> of fo- there's a lot of FOMO. Is. Where you're like, oh, that person's going to that party and I wasn't invited, or oh, oh they're getting their photo taken, but they don't want my photo taken. Oh. So like, it's just you can't help but like oh. that's the way the machine is built. Oh. So, I mean, I luckily was like, you know, asked you were, to do you were, a lot, yeah, you're in a, do a you're lot of this stuff. It. But I've I've been to premieres where I've not been asked to be photographed yeah. and all that stuff. I didn't know it had a name. I mean, I'm just like that's just life. You're yeah, not the, you're not the hot one on this thing. For me, there like I knew I was there with the film and the films were, um, you know, they didn't have the money for eight hundred dollars a night. So it was like they rented a house yep. and like twenty of us stayed in a house together yep. and. Um, yeah, I I got I, a friend of mine was head of Grey Goose, and so I got to be on the list for the Grey Goose parties, yep. all of them. And the first one I went to, it was the most horrible experience. <laughs> I took the stars of the film with me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, people just all night long kept saying, oh, "Are the the urban party is over there? <gasps> the urban party film is over there. The urban film." And it was like, "We're not there." And well, who are you now? And well, why are you here? And it was horrible. And I just was like, no. "Never again. I don't ever need to go back to this place again." That is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so I found the black house. Did you get to the black house? I did. You were there? The yeah, black house yeah, was yeah. Like the safe zone. <laughs> it, and it has been for many years yeah. now, right? Yeah, the black house at yeah. Sundance. One of our producers um, is I don't I don't know if she's a she she's part of Black House and organized. Who was that? Uh, Anuka Bakoti. Okay, she was one of the producers on the movie. Who uh, she's a black woman. Um, great and you know so yeah she was like yeah black house like that's where you go that's like yeah that's the spot and now i guess here i hear macro is another macro is, is another the next place to hang yep, out yep, that's yep. new though yes um and you know there was like the annual lgbt i think it's the annual outfest brunch oh i don't know which anything about is that. uh i'm fomo there <laughs> this is the first i think this is the first year where they actually like were in this new bigger space okay um so that was also a traditionally a safe haven for the lgbtq community okay that, when they go to sundance and then also with the asian american um uh, filmmakers and actors. There was a, a, an Asian American um, panel and group, um, which apparently I couldn't get in because it was so sold out. It was like so packed, I couldn't what? get in. Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. Have, like, some special cred to right. get in the Asian American. <laughs> I know. I was now like, that's wait some a second, right there. <laughs> um, but I was just, I was like thrilled that I couldn't get in because I was like, great. That means there's just 
so many people here, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it's, it is slowly changing and, yeah, you know, yeah, nah. but I, I will say like, I was thrilled for Rada cause she did win the best directing award for a uh, narrative feature. And a Netflix deal and it's coming out And a out Netflix the deal. And let's hope and you get many more jobs. You know, from your mouth to God's ears. Yes. Yes. Um, but the movie's coming out. We don't know when it's being released. I think in the fall sometime. Yeah. That's what I read. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's so funny because Rada and I, um, I, I believe in like, you have to find the people who, you have to find your people, mm-hmm. right? And I, and when I tell like a lot of young actors that are trying to like build their careers and stuff, I'm like, I, I believe in the 80-20 rule. I don't know if you've heard I of it. I do. The yeah. principle. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, you have to invest in the people that get you and the people who believe in you. And, you, and part of it, part of it is finding those people because mm-hmm. that takes a while. And then- you know, 80% of the opportunities that you get will come from that 20 that you invest right. in. That 20% of your efforts uh, give you 80% of your results. Yes. And so Rada, I think, is a great example because I first met Rada like 10 years ago. I was brought on to do dialect work for one of her plays. Okay. I don't even do dialect work. I don't, I don't know how I got involved, but I was brought in um, and then... Um, then a few years later, she asked me back to do dialect work again for her solo show, and we hit it off. We just always had a great mm. like camaraderie, and she trusts my uh, uh, my opinion about mm-hmm. things, not just like dialect wise, but just also like dramaturgy wise and stuff. And then this movie was supposed to be a web series. So six years ago, Rada was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to make this web series. Do, would you, there's a part that I'm thinking about you. Oh. Would you want to be in? I'm like, yeah. And then that fell apart because her mom passed away two weeks before we were supposed to shoot it. And then two years ago, Rada reached out to me. I was like, hey, remember that web series? Well, I made it into a feature. Oh. And now it got into the Sundance Filmmakers Lab. Do you want to go out there with me to shoot a few scenes and work on it? I'm like, hell yes. And so we hit it off you know, there, we had such a great time and then we got to make it last summer. And um, how lovely that you got to stay with the project. Well, didn't go. And, and let's be honest here. Right. Cause I can say whatever I, yeah. so at Sundance, I, at the, my last day on Sundance, I pulled Rada aside and I said, listen, I love this movie. I love this part, but I totally get it. If you have to recast with a name because I know how it works. Like, yeah. yeah, you need John Cho in the part to get the movie made or whatever. Right. And she said, even then, she was like, nope, there's no one else. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, like, people mm-hmm. say that shit. Yes. And they don't, yeah, you know, exactly. then all of a sudden, John Cho's doing it. <laughs> so, you know, uh, really, I mean, let's be sure. Let's be honest that's, here. That's real. Right. That is so, so real. once, you know, but Rada was always in my corner, 100%. And then... You know, we even when the movie was being passed around to different producers trying to get them financing. And finally, when we got the financing and I got the offer, it was that was it, you know. And talk about people, you know, like talk about people who um, who are in your corner, Mm. you know, like I would never have had this opportunity if it wasn't for her, like believing in me, believing in what we were like together and all of that stuff. So. It's a real, um, yeah, like, again, like, this movie is really, this experience is really special to me for for that reason, too, because, as we know, in this industry, it, it's not a meritocracy. We're no. All, they're all so talented. There's so many talented people. So many. You could just and throw it, a it, stone and hit some talented Especially people. in New York, you yeah. know? Like, so it's not even about that, and that is the most heartbreaking thing about this business. 
or one yeah. of the Mustangs. It's it life. is. <laughs> it's life. So we're going to wrap up with three questions okay, that come from it. one of your alums from Ann Hamburger, who also went to Yale. <gasps> okay. And I love these questions. And so I'm going to ask you. Um, she says she asks herself these questions, um, you know, at various points of her life as she's trying to figure out what's next. So mm. I'm asking them to view. I'm going to say all three. Okay. And then you can answer them one at a time. Who are you? What is needed? And how can you serve? Who am I? Um, I am a Korean American man who is gay, who loves what he does and has so much more to learn. Um, what is needed? What is needed? Kindness. A thousand percent. Kindness and generosity of spirit. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, and the last... How can you serve? How can you serve? You serve. Meaning... <laughs> how can I serve? How can you serve? <laughs> um, how can... Meaning like... How can I serve? How can I serve? Yes. How can I serve? Um, I can serve uh, by example. Give us an example. <laughs> um, I am a product of mentorship. I've had incredible mentors throughout my life and in my career. And I would not be who I am or where I am without them. And so I believe you must mentor. Um, if someone asks you to meet for coffee, you meet them and you buy them their coffee. Mm. If you... We have to. That's the only way. Pay we it forward. Pay it forward. Pull somebody percent. through the door when it's yep. open for you. Yep. I think uh, a great example is Lena Waith. She's she is doing she it. is doing it, and she is a producer on Rada's movie. Yeah. And she literally made the movie happen. Yeah. She I literally said Lena. to Rada, Rada, will you help? Let me help you make this movie. Yeah. And she did it. Yeah. So, pay it forward. Thank you, Peter Kim. Thank you. Thank Tanya. you for coming and talking to me. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and that is my guest, Peter Kim, on You Can't Say That. How come you don't say no when you mean no? Thanks for listening to You Can't Say That, the show where you can. I'm Tanya Pinkins, and You Can't Say That is part of the Broadway Podcast Network, produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Derek Gunther with music by Kat Dale. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe and rate this podcast highly wherever you stream. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Tanya Pinkins. And to learn more, visit bpn.fm forward slash Y-C-S-T. Stay safe. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChapaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChapaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.